what? I got a fever. You give me fever, fever in the morning. Welcome to episode 82 of the Dynasty Fever podcast. This is uh, the Mickey Schuler episode. Uh, if you were a fan of the 80s Jets, he was kind of the tight end during that Freeman McNeil, Ken O'Brien, Wesley Walker era like he was the tight end mickey schuler so yeah uh also if you're uh in the uh across the water uh down uh of the delaware river uh down in philly or if you were like jesse and grew up just on east side of those shores mike quick was number 82 for the uh eagles yeah um so please make sure you subscribe rate and review we are the little dynasty podcast that could the best dynasty podcast that your friends don't know about uh please also show some love on the uh youtube channel we'll see if we're we'll be beefing up some of the content there based on the, our schedules uh jesse schneeman is my co-host i'm brian ford jesse how you doing schneeman you're giggly today i'm doing great brian uh i'm here to talk football um we're about to get some real football it's crazy we're going to get like almost the best of the Chiefs, which doesn't hurt my feelings all that much. That I mean, it looks like Kelsey's not going to play. Well, and it's defi- and it's definitive that Cooper Cup is not going to play. The today. most important Kelsey is playing this week. Yes, correct. Correct. Nobody likes us. It's we don't care. I'm dressed like a mummer. Yeah, that's the that, most we're talking about. We're talking about Travis Kelsey's mom, by the way. Oh, yeah, sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Is she, uh, is she yeah, on yeah, hard knocks? Am I, am I, okay. No, she's been on some commercials lately. I swear to God. Like NFL, NFL commercials. Like they, there's this theme that they have going that you can't write this stuff. And it's, it's like uh, uh, Key or Peel. I don't, I can't remember which sitting in the sitting in a writer's room with a bunch of players and Kelsey's mom and, they're making up storylines for the season. DK oh, Metcalf. well, the script. Aaron, Aaron Foster, right? Didn't he tell you? Oh, wait, was that? No. Who was the player that said there's a script for the NFL? It's a former running back, that. wasn't it? Who was who was saying that, like, the NFL is rigged and there's a script every year or something? Shit. I don't remember that at all, but it sounds like somebody with mental health issues, unfortunately. But, well, you know. You didn't get your script the in the mail? That's how, you, <laughs> that's how the government keeps you from believing what's actually going on is, you know, they get each other to call each other crazy when we have a different idea. Look out for your dynasty fever branded tinfoil hats on sale on our website. Yeah. When we get Scripted claim. Yeah. Arian Foster says the NFL is literally rigged. You know, Arian when did Foster, he say this? This was last year, uh, January, 2023, like right after the, <laughs> Um. Yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll have to look more into it. But Aaron Foster well, is interesting because he was, um, you know, the 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 folk tales go, you know, um, uh, uh sort of an intelligent, thoughtful, thinks for himself kind of guy that that you know didn't really um in, that rubbed some of the some of the brass in the NFL the wrong way. You know, by the way, I think it was vegan for a while too while he was playing. It was interesting. So oh uh, yeah, I'm sure they hated that. I mean, you know, I'm keep, vegan. Hard to keep muscle mass on, blah blah blah, you know. No, it's not. If you do it right, there's vegan. No, I'm saying there. that's that I'm just saying that's what they would that's what they would say. I I'm not, I'm sorry. Not I have a hair triggered defense of, of vegan. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I meant to ask you about the the chicken they're growing in labs from stem cells. Yeah, it's, it's a whole other convert conversation. It's a big debate in the community, et cetera, et cetera. So you mentioned that we're about to get some football, you know, up until the last couple of days, you know, since we have this heat wave here in Jersey, you know, the, it was getting cooler. The sun was going down a little earlier, you know, starting to, you know, the NFL films music was playing in my head for, for no apparent reason. Uh, and, you know, it, it kind of feels like it, 
It's about to be football season. And in a way, I have very mixed feelings about it, right? Because now it's the season of like micro overreactions, having to set lineups and do waivers every week. Like it, like that. It's the part I, you know, I get, I get kind of, you know, the, the, that's the actually week, playing the game, the weekly turnarounds, you know, and, and it's, yeah. you know, that's the part that I, I kind of like the least, you know, because uh, it's such a quick turnaround on things. But, but at the same time, you know, you get, we get to finally stop arguing for a few months and see how this shit, you know, actually plays out, you know. So Brian, this is this year. I, I've actually made a conscious decision, and and it really I made the decision because it just sort of, kind of occurred to me. It's sort of happening, but I'm just going to be more zen, right, yeah. about my teams and my lineups. Yeah, I can only control so much. Can only get so much information. I have to make sure that I, you know, have all of the correct information about injuries and whatnot. But otherwise, once it's set, it's set. What yeah. happens, happens. And I'm gonna let it go. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna overreact and make a bunch of moves. I'm gonna try to go with, you know, what I have. And you know, uh, re- really, I think what struck me is in a redraft keeper league that I've been in for 30 years. I, I looked and I'm, you know, my best keeper is Cooper Cup in the fifth, and this was before the setback with the Hammy, so that seemed all right, but. Um, I realized I had drafted Garrett Wilson in the 15th round last year and then cut him week three. So wasn't available as my keeper. I, I'm going to stop doing that shit. You know, I, I, I drafted a few rookies in that league this year, JSN, A-Chain, Roshan, and I, I'm going to hold them on my roster for a while. And just like you said, not, you know, try not to micro overreact. That's a really good way to put it I like that. Yeah, and statistically speaking, um, <laughs> the first few weeks, like mathematically, of your fantasy season, you, like matter very little. Um, I saw a breakdown somewhere, even excluding the playoffs, which obviously matter. But the, there's like chunks of the season where, like, if you do poorly, it doesn't correlate to how you do in the championships or whatever. And like doing poorly in the first part of the year has the least impact on your. Yeah, because it because as long as it doesn't as long as it doesn't keep you out of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean because we're just kind of seeing how things play out. You know, um, it's not you know uh, we don't have much data to to go on, right? You know, and, and we're so we're sort of just gathering this this data in the first few weeks, and and uh, and it's important not to not to overreact to it. I'm I'm really excited for DFS. I already got taking my notes and shit and yeah i get into that shit right on. yeah i don't do dfs at all and i dove I, I dove way into best ball this summer way too much spent way too much money just draft after draft after draft just because whatever you know i had time hopefully you get some of that back there's a <laughs> there's a best ball porno there's a, a video called best ball brunch and i don't know why i don't think there's much eating of <laughs> brunch and mimosas going on but uh but they literally draft a best ball team while they're doing their thing and like talk about the players and week 17 correlation like like i don't i don't get like it's 44 minutes long i didn't watch it like i don't watch the whole thing you know but yeah that's, wow. that's kind of how it goes yeah i might have to quit this business they got me i can i can never match that I really, I can never, I will never be able to convince my wife to do that. <laughs> She's very supportive, but. <laughs> All right. So if you haven't tuned out by now, <laughs> we're kind of putting the, the, the last words on the off season, um, doing uh, some bold predictions and some other stuff uh, tonight or today. It's, well, I don't know. It's almost six. I consider it the evening, but the sun is still up. So. Yeah, bold predictions. Uh, last year's we didn't do too badly on. By the way, you know, if you go um, points per game, we did all right. Yeah. So um, Ayuk, I said Ayuk would finish top twenty-four. He was top seventeen total and top, and he was twenty-three uh, in points Held per game. One. Yeah, I really took a whiff on Swift. Will be a top three running back in PPR. Uh, yeah. James Cook did finish outside the top five rookie RBs in PPR. 
seventh total, 10th in point per game. And I took a big miss on um, Rodgers would score below Pickett in six-point TD um, leagues. I thought Pickett would start earlier, and I thought Rodgers would be even worse than he than he was despite a down year. Uh, you said that uh, Goddard would be a top three tight end, which he was in points per game. Um, he missed a few weeks, so he was only nine total, tight end nine total. Um, you said Josh Palmer would be a usable every week starter as a wide receiver flex. He was wide receiver 29 in total points. Uh, if you go from That's weeks one, yeah, for weeks one to 14 and wide receiver 36 in points per game, you know, that's a wide receiver three. That's a flex, right? Um, you said the only usable Kansas City starter would be Travis Kelsey. You were predicting sort of an off year for Mahomes, not adjusting well to life after Tyreek. That, you know, that was kind of a whiff. Yeah. Uh, and you said Tua would be a, a top 12 uh, quarterback. Um, and he was 15 total despite, you know, missing some games. And he was tied uh, QB 11 in points per game for weeks. If you extend it out to week one to 18, which I had to do because I felt like I should do because he missed a few weeks. So, like, I wanted to get, like, the better, you know, representation of, of what he did. And, and yeah, he was he was tied. He was uh, quarterback 11 in points per game. So, we got pretty good. Yeah. You know? I don't know I mean, how spicy those are. Those were the. I mean, they kind of seemed, some of them seemed it for sure at the time. I mean, I don't know that either of us, speaking of spicy, uh, gave a rating on the uh, Scoville scale of heat, which is what we're going to use uh, today to judge the spiciness of our takes. I don't think any of us gave like a Carolina Reaper uh, or Trinidad Scorpion rating to eat any of our takes, but we were mm-hmm. we were up there in the high, medium to low hot, the way we were talking about each other's takes. They don't seem like that in retrospect because they kind of hit. You know, we had a pretty good like, 67 percent ish you know hit rate on those so maybe that's why they don't seem so spicy but it was interesting to hear some of our conversations talking about player value and stuff if, if for those of you who are wondering it's episode 49 before we started doing i well whatever i start before i started bothering jesse with jersey numbers so <laughs> first the first part of tonight we're gonna be talking about bold predictions we'll do a few other things if we have time uh, we're going to each give five bold predictions, which we have not shown each other. And we are going to use the Scoville heat scale to judge the spiciness there of each other's bold predictions. As we did last year, would you like to explain to the, the listeners what the Scoville heat scale is? Absolutely. So I, I don't know who came up with the Scoville scale or who actually uses it, but I do know that is a scale for hot peppers and the spiciness, right? So it's a, it's a zero, which is a bell pepper, peppers, little, little pepper icons, to five pepper icons, which is a Carolina Reaper or a Trinidad Scorpion, as Brian mentioned earlier. And there's a bunch of stuff in between, right? So they range from, you know, not hot at all to, trust me, you're going to have problems unless you're, you know, unless you're some kind of, um, I don't want to call you a freak, but unless you're a freak. You were telling a story last year, I think, about how somebody, something like snuck a hot pepper or you or or dared you to eat a pepper or something like that, and it was didn't turn yeah, out very The first habanero I ever, ever, I ever ate. So it's, it was actually the first um, five-star, really nice restaurant that I worked in right out of college. Um, Johnson & Wales had awesome placement. I went and worked on top of Mount Hood at um, Timberline Lodge in their Cascade Dining Room. It's a five-star restaurant. Really nice. And uh, chef, the sous chef was really cool. The executive chef, we all, I called him the Olympic chef because he had like, he wore his medals and shit while he was walking around the kitchen. <laughs> I just thought he was so ridiculous. He was such an asshole. But the sous chef was really cool. This guy, James. And every night he'd come up to me and they, he called me the Jersey kid. Hey, Jersey kid, what do you want to eat? And I'd be like, I don't care. Fix me up something. No seafood. Make it spicy. And so one night he comes up to me. He's like, hey, Jersey kid, you like spicy food, huh? I was like, yeah. He's like, all right, I took a collection. Was, uh, I don't remember. It was like 30 or 40 bucks, which was a lot to me at the time. 
if you eat this hot pepper, I'm like, I love hot peppers. He's, he's just laughing at me the whole time. So he's got on a plate a single habanero cut in half with the seeds taken out, and which is a blessing because the seeds are, you know, hold most of the capsaicin, which is what makes it hot. I ate that sucker and it lit me up. Mm-hmm. So like to the point where, I mean, I don't know how long that lasted, 20, 30 minutes, but it, it just burns your face off and unless there's actually like milk in your mouth. So as you're drinking the milk, you're fine. Once it leaves your mouth for half a second, burns immediately back. That's all. That's all that helps. Ooh. You just gotta wait it out. Yeah, oh, crying. And, and then the next day, coming out the other end, mm. it's pretty much as bad. Okay. And I lived in a little cabin where there was no heat in the bathroom, so I created the heat. For the rest of my roommates. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that reminds me, uh, everybody loves the show The Bear. I, I haven't watched it. Have you seen it? Yes, yeah, Chef. Do you like it? Or? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, my God. If you've worked in the business, it's like it's a trigger. You get you start getting PTSD. For real. Like there's a scene where tickets won't stop coming out of the printer on a mm. constant basis because somebody fucked up mm. and – most of us have been through that and it's an absolute fucking nightmare i all the i just all i know is all the food and bev people that i ever knew over the years just you know lots of just drugs and alcohol after hours like i, I don't know maybe that's how they cope with it or whatever but yeah it is how you, it is it's absolutely how you cope with it mm-hmm. yeah unfortunately there's yeah there's a lot a lot of that that goes on or you know for for a more wholesome version um the Bob's Burgers episode where the uh, professional chefs kind of invite him into their circle. And, you know, he's this, you know, middle-aged dad and he has to like stay up late trying to, you know, keep up with these chefs. And he wakes up hungover one day and there's like a corpse of a curry goat or something. I don't, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) No, I didn't see this one. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. So uh, do you want to, do you want to kick off the bold prediction since you, you seem to be itching with your, with your A-Rod one, or, or what's yeah. what's the deal? Uh, well, I'm going to come out firing. Well, I, I don't want to do the A-Rod yet. Okay. All right. I'm going to come out. I, man, I, I'm really spicy this year. I'm going to let oh. you know. Okay. Right from the beginning. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. right from the start, the spiciest, possibly the spiciest of all of my takes. One Dakota Rain Prescott will not get his contract done. It will turn ugly. And by this time next year, Trey Lance will be the Cowboys starter. Okay, so bef- before I judge you on the scale, why don't you make the case as to why this is at least plausible? Well, it's gonna, it's not got done yet, and the price keeps going up, and Dak is not Dak's not in the sphere of Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow, and unfortunately. For him and the Cowboys, he thinks he is. And all indications are that he's going for that level of contract. And I don't think it's going to happen. Jerry Jones would be a fool to have for that to happen. And I don't, I think Jerry Jones, a lot of things, but I don't think he's a fool when it comes to business. So as someone who has, I don't want to call myself a Lance defender. I'm a defender of the idea that you can't call Lance a bust and we needed to see him get traded away from Shani to really know what he has. So as someone who's been banging that drum, I don't know that it's so spicy to me, right? But probably like to the general public, you know, the fantasy, you know, universe writ large, I would say it's a, uh, probably a scotch bonnet, right? Uh, so okay. That's, All right. That's that's a four banger. Okay. Right. Yeah, on. It's like, like the it. low the low end of hot. Right. So the 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 reason I'm saying it's that is because a couple things. One, it's it's not like Carolina Reaper because fucking Jerry Jones is erratic. We don't know what the heck he's gonna do. Right. And and then because they have what we think is perhaps a pretty good dual threat quarterback in house to take over for, 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 for Dak. So they have the alternative, but the reason it's 
hot to begin with. Uh, well, at least one of the reasons that I wanted to ask you about that contract is from what I've seen is pretty rock solid for 2024 that they kind of are stuck with it. So oh, and, okay. can't, and the, and the, uh, and the okay. only way they're going to save a lot or, or the only way they save any kind of money at all is one of those like designated post June 1st trade things. So like, who's going to trade for it? Right. That's the reason why I'm saying it's not so, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like the re that's, that's one of the reasons why it's hot to begin with is because I don't know that they can do it. The, the read that I've been getting is, well, now we have to wait to 2025 for Lance. So. Gotcha. What would be your, like, is it just like, Hey, you know, teams do shit. Well, they restructure things. Somebody will yeah, trade for exactly. Dak. Some contender right. will trade for Dak or something. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. You can designate him and then, um, you know, agree to the trade and then it goes through June 1st. That's fine. That's plenty of time for, for Dak to get into a new offense and acclimate. I, the salary cap is a, a myth, you know, that I say this. And actually, I got some I got some confirmation on that the other day, by the way. I was listening to Chris Harris and his I'm going to I'm going to paraphrase, but it's it's a near quote that he has friends in NFL front offices and they are laughing at the notion that you can't just kick down, kick the road down the can, kick the can down the road all the time that the um, eventually you'll have to, the bill will come due and that you'll have a cap hell year. They laugh at that and it, it will never be true and it's never been true for the Eagles. So I believe that um, it's a matter of whether the owner wants to actually spend the cash or not. It's the actual cash. Yeah, the way that I've heard it told is maybe not quite as laughable as that, which is kind of interesting that he heard that. But it's more like the cap is a myth for like a player or two. You know, you can always move something around to add the, that one or two more players, but like then you're stuck. And then at some point you're, you are paying the piper. Um, but I don't know. You know, I guess maybe not. It's. The only cap NFL teams truly have is what the owner wants them what will give them to spend. And I've heard other people say this. Uh, I heard Greg Cosell say this. Actually, it's 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 not this salary cap. Every year, every owner spends a cash limit, and that's what the uh, the GMs have to work with. Yeah. So it says here that they could save one almost one point four million uh, if it's a post six June first trade. Um, that would be their out. One point four million. That's all. Yeah, they it's, it's yeah, it's not a lot. And they pay the rest. And the and any other scenario, anything pre June first, or a post June first release, this it's actually negative savings. Like they actually lose money. Yeah. But I don't know that it's about saving money. It's like I said, if it turns ugly and yeah. he's not going to play for them, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, and they're not going to pay him, you know, some ultra ridiculous contract. Then, I mean, at this point, Jerry Jones can't just dare him if he's willing to, you know, give up service time or whatever happens. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it might, like you said, it might take another year, but I, I really, I, I don't think that he's going to be there long term. I agree. I agree um with that uh for for sure um so d would that make so that's the whole thing like is lance even at a bargain basement price a buy since the the tax for holding him is for so long you know what i mean mm -hmm. well it's yes theoretically but i just don't think that the the Lance owner is is at this point not going to trade him to you for a third. So if you want to pay a second, you might get that. Oh, speaking of, Brian, can I just brag a little bit real quick? Sure. I sold Baker Mayfield for two seconds yesterday, which has made me feel really good. Yeah. I didn't even sell him. The offer just came to me That's you know, for a 24 and a 25 second. I do that all day. Like, I, he's not – he hasn't been worth that in a couple of years, probably. You know how we joke that like the best job in the world is a backup quarterback for the NFL, right? Like the yeah. best fan the best fantasy job in the world is a starting quarterback with a pulse in a super flex league. <laughs> yeah. 
right? Exactly. So we've seen animosity with a weird owner unfold right before us with the JT situation. And that's, you know, that's defying logic. And that could cause some contract ruckus if, if it becomes a pissing match. Like and Jim Ursay really wants the contract to toll and the and the year gets voided and JT doesn't accrue just to prove a fucking point. Like that could happen, right? So yeah. So all all that to say drama between Dak and Jerry Jones unfolding in a way that creates the scenario that you're laying out here is not implausible. Not implausible. Right. He's he is Jerry Jones is weird. Although you know what? He surprised me in not bringing Zeke. And cutting Zeke and not bringing him back. That surprised me. There must have been people like stealing his phone from him every time he wanted to go text Zeke or something like that. But <laughs> at least that's how I picture it. All right. So I'm going to get this one out of the way. I have like, I have one for each position and then an extra one. I'm going to get this one out of the way because this is my favorite one. You ready? Sure. Okay. So this is a parlay, actually. Uh, it involves having to hit on two players. And I added a second one because it's going to be fun. Two of these these two players are going to be a top 15 wide receiver in total and or points per game in basic PPR scoring. Top 15 wide receivers. One is my friend Brandon Ayuk, who I hit on last year and is a flag plant. The other is a year two wide receiver with such a wide path to hit his ceiling outcomes that anybody who would say otherwise is a weirdo to me. And that's Christian Watson. Ah, old Gabe Claypool himself. Right. I added that after listening to the Dynasty War Games episode, and you say that he has such a narrow path to hit his ceiling. <laughs> so I was like, I, I have to, I have to. As add soon it. as he started, I knew right. you're talking about. So let me just tell you why it's plausible, and then, you know, but perhaps for both we'll, of them, both of them have to hit for this to to right, yeah, to hit. right, right. So Ayuk, we've already seen him be very good in the post doghouse era of his career. Uh, and as I said last year, you know, was, um, was a hit for me, uh, you know, wide receiver 17 total. Uh, I have him ranked at 16. Um, and for him to finish top 15 would be above market from where he's ranked on all these sites and where he's being drafted in, in, in startups, not that startups or dynasty rankings translate into what you'll think they'll do in 2023. Right. So if he's, if he's ranked, say wide receiver 22 in somebody's dynasty rankings, that doesn't mean the person thinks that they're going to be a top 22 wide receiver in 2023 because dynasty, but you know, just in general, that's why it's slightly bold because it's a, it's above market, right? <clears throat> the reason why it's plausible uh, is he's already, like I said, been very good post doghouse. I think he's a truer wide receiver than Debo. Um, you know, Debo is more of that, you know, Swiss Army knife kind of, you know, uh, uh, hybrid wide receiver and and running back, which I think was better, A, for Jimmy Garoppolo and B, before CMC got to town. Debo has been hurt by by CMC since uh, as far as that goes, production since the arrival there of, of CMC. Um, Purdy, as much as I do not like Purdy, um, you know, he's a competent enough, you know, uh distributor of the ball and runner of the Shanahan offense uh, in, in a way that I think is going to help Ayuk more than it's going to help low a dot low a dot Debo and Kittle another mouth uh, at the trough uh, is an aging you know uh, you know 30 year old tight end who's largely last year dependent on spike week the uh, unsustainable touchdown efficiency and I believe when all four were healthy and on the field, Debo, CMC, Ayuk, and Kittle ranked fourth in target share, which I think is important. So that's why it's plausible for Ayuk. For Watson, the reason why it's a little spicy is because that's above market. I have him ranked 19th, KTC 18th, 
seems to be in the late teens and early twenties where on these sites that rank folks and, and where the, where the 80, where the ADP is. So it's above, so finishing the top 15 would be above those numbers. Right. Um, the reason why I think it's, it's plausible is that, well, or the reason why I'm sort of leaning into it is more and more I'm coming around to the idea that um, it's important to, to, to lean into upside and ceiling because that's what wins championships ceiling outcomes and betting on talent because everybody knows that volume is king in fantasy so it's about finding the talent that will then command that volume uh what some folks call upward pressure there's upward pressure on the talent uh, from the talent to create that volume right and so when it comes to his talent and his efficiency i'm going to bombard you with some stuff because i know you love numbers right hold on let me oh so are you looking for numbers to, yeah i got to I got convince it. me oh, okay because yeah. then i'll give you the film side of it if you'd like td adjusted yards per route run since 2007 right rookie year right odell beckham top five odell beckham aj brown jamar chase justin jefferson number five christian watson he led all wide receivers in high-value targets, and among players with over 60 targets, he had an expected TD per opportunity, uh, which would rank him top uh, in, uh, I think, the top 10, I think. Okay. He was top three in deep target rate at 31.3%, and also the percentage of his targets coming from inside the 10-yard line, so red zone usage, not just a you know yak guy at 10.4%, right? So he was actually wide receiver nine in fantasy points per game from week 10 onward. I mean, basically, if you look at any metric of targets per route run, yards per route run, yards per target, he actually not only did well, but like did well in such a sense that like the only, only guy, like basically every guy who hits those numbers goes on to have really good seasons, right? Um, if you look at fantasy points uh, per route run, uh, he outperformed his per route opportunity more than Cooper Cup. Watson uh, was ranked third among wide receivers uh, in fantasy points per game while trailing, which if we think, you know, the backers will be bad this year, you know, that helps. Let's see. And also you say, okay, well, downgraded quarterback. Rodgers didn't have a good year last year. He was playing with a broken thumb for a lot of the year. And I would say there was weeks where he was where he was mailing it in. And Rodgers ranked 18th of 33 qualifying quarterbacks in a catchable throw rate for 2022. Better than Marcus Mariota and Zach Wilson, but worse than Andy Dalton. So he's a freak after the catch. Yak per reception. Uh, or and also when you chart yak per reception with like a dot, which is you know like you want to be in the upper right up, upper right quadrant of these charts, he's a monster in the upper right quadrant of these charts with guys like AJ Brown and Jalen Waddle, wide receivers that do what he did, even in a small sample size, even with not being a perfect route runner. And not and not you know having like the greatest hands ever, right? Hit consistently, and whether whether or not he pans out, I'm uncomfortable not betting on this archetype and this profile. This is the archetype and profile you bet on, especially as a year two wide receiver. By the way, most of those numbers are courtesy of Ryan Heath at Fantasy Points. Their their data is awesome. And if you look at the air yard share, um, the, the uh, receiving TD percentage that he had was actually high despite playing only a few games, right? And even if you say, oh, unsustainable TD efficiency, that's like the one knock on the numbers. Everything else, right, it, 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 even even production that's independent of TDs, right, he's, he's hitting all the marks you want to hit, right? Let me just bombard you a little bit more with some numbers. Oh my god! Yeah. No, you, you, the problem is when you throw so much at me without letting me rebut. 
I only I'm only able to rebut maybe one or two of your seventy five points. You don't no, I'm not asking you to rebut what the the point of throwing a million numbers at you is saying I, I don't that want you to. <laughs> is saying that the it is simply not to you oh well this yards per route run or this talk. it's to say the amount of data that says he's a good bet is so unbelievably large that the only you're way over, you're betting you're against this is by creating shit. bullshit in your head like oh he can't run routes well enough and it's just it's just oh not true. he only had 41 catches oh he only had 600 yards oh his performance his his actual point performance which was only PPR wide receiver 41 was largely touchdown driven when you're forgetting about the two rushing touchdowns that he had which is not sustainable right you can't predict that he's going to have rushing touchdowns every year as a wide receiver right and especially when he only got seven carries all right so and one of them was a really long one so yes i will absolutely give you that he made some amazing plays last year and he has got a lot of ability, right? As a, as a, as an athlete, he tested through the roof, right? And he showed it on the field immediately. Not immediately. I'm sorry, because immediately he dropped a touchdown pass, and Aaron Rodgers then wouldn't throw to him for what five or six weeks. So then he got a chance to show it. However, like I said, it he he made a lot of big splash plays right, that you can't assume are going to end in touchdowns. You can assume that his talent will allow him to continue to make plays like that, right? However, you're also not taking into consideration his surrounding cast last year, whereas you can't go into a year loving a guy saying he's the only guy, that's why he'll he'll get volume. Well, it, but if it ends up that he's the only guy, well, then he'll get volume, right? All they really had was Aaron Jones, Christian Watson. You can't tell me that um, – uh, who am I missing? Well, uh, arguably – The rookie arg- wide receiver. Dubs, Lazard, Dubs Cobb, of, guys Dubs Rogers fell off love. at the end of the year. Alan Lazard is a, a wide receiver four or five on any other team in the NFL. If he even make like he wouldn't make the Eagles team. So okay, Alan Lazard is only but, a thing because Rob but this Aaron year loves this him. year he still has the the dubs who we don't really love a guy in Jaden Reed who I love but you say is a practice squad guy you know like half jokingly and then Luke Musgrave at tight end who's a rookie tight end who I like but again rookie and if anything who's coming and taking the job and is going to command targets if anything he's more certain to command a bigger target share than he was and now last it's second year. year for dubs. And he doesn't have the whole Aaron Rodgers hates me now that I dropped a couple passes thing. What I think is number one, the target, the, the competition for targets is going to be a lot more steep, right? Number two, uh, the sustainability of the long plays ending in touchdowns is, it's just not sustainable. It, it probably will regress. It should regress. Um, and number three, um, you're forgetting that there are other players that have done this and then not done shit afterwards, um, like sure. Chase Claypool. My whole, my entire argument is not that Christian Watkins is a bum or he's unathletic. My my argument is that he is absolutely capable of becoming an alpha, right? But the path to it is narrow because of the type of player that he is. He doesn't get open on shorter intermediate uh, routes as well as uh, other players, other archetypes in the league right now. He's more of a deep target type of player, which is a high variance type of player. So to sustain that type of uh, archetype, like as an alpha, as a high-end wide receiver two, low-end wide receiver one in fantasy, you have to be so elite at that that you're a legend like Vincent Jackson. He's, his eight out was 14, so it's not like it was like 1921. 
And he, he there were a few really good plays where he got open short and then and then got a lot of yak after it. The point that I guess there were a the, couple of blown coverage plays in there as well that sure, I but, specifically sure. remember. Yeah, but like I blown mean, ones. so I mean, everybody gets blown. Like I mean, look, everybody. Basically, what I'm saying is I don't necessarily dis. I, I disagree that the path is narrow. I think the only way he doesn't take a leap year two and 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 be somebody that we're really interested in having this time next year is if Jordan Love is just you know hits like the 25th percentile outcome of his range of, of outcomes. That's the only way. Other than that, there's like no way Christian Watson, shouldn't say no way, other than that, right? Like it's very, it's the good bet to make. And that's really all I'm ever saying with, with when I lean into ceiling and upside. You may be right. It may be that he turns out poorly. That doesn't mean that that like the mountain of data saying that he's a good bet to make isn't there. Like, here's the good bet to make, and here's the bad bet to make. And I like that's the bet I'm gonna make. I'm gonna I will bet on this all the time. If if that's only if you believe in that data, which is 14 games. So of course I believe in such, it. That's two if this were baseball, that's two weeks. Here we go again with the small sample size. Like, first of all, some of this is, yeah, it's it's the idea that he didn't he didn't play a full 17 games. I get that. But when you look at the at the way that everything plays out, especially, you know, when he was healthy and a full-time player, he was still doing X, Y, and Z. Like yes, I just gave you it, two recent examples of players that have have had seasons very similar and then busted. So I don't think that he's going to be a piece of shit. I think he's more of a 50 to 60 catch, 80 to a uh, 800 to a thousand yards. And then touchdowns are variable for most players, unless he becomes a true red zone, um, high point, my ball kind of guy, like, you know, Deandre even, or whatever. But even on, even with the, an eight out of 14, which is sizable, it's not like way deep where you're worried. He's just like a deep threat, but it's a good eight out. You usually don't get a lot of yak or yak per reception with that much ADOT because the ADOT's, you know, so long there's less yak to get. And I told you like, he's up there with Jaden Waddle and AJ Brown on, 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 on yak per reception and, and ADOT, like you don't like, he's, he's a monster. A much, a much lower volume. So because he, because he broke a few um big plays and some of them on busted coverage last year, it skews the numbers hugely in a small sample size, especially so, in this situation. I think small sample size is blinding. you. So um, Watson wasn't, a if you were to use a combination of num analytics and film study on this player, I think you would be more towards the mean, which is probably around wide receiver 20, 25. So, I, I get that there are things around the edges and nuances from watching him on film, you know, that say he's a little raw, he's a little boom bust, and he has some development to do. Of course, he's, he's, a, he's a rookie. This is this, right? And this is a year two leap. But like, the thing is, you bet on rookies that put up these numbers to make a year two leap. He may not make it and he turns into Chase Claypool, but to say that it's a bad bet, I think is just. I'm like, saying that like, his like, archetype. I'm saying his archetype rarely hits as as a high end wide receiver too. Okay, um, so yards per route run rate was two point two six, right? It was the second best in the 2022 class behind Alave, right? And among qualified rookie wideouts since 2011, it was the seventh highest. And the players around him on that list have have gone on to have really productive careers. That's per JJ Zacharyson. His year two model has a score of 92.5 percentile for for he does acknowledge that Greg Little and Chase Claypool are part of like this spectrum of outcomes, you know, but so is DK Metcalf. Right. And we, we like DK Metcalf. Good that's, enough. The, that's the extreme. Yeah, that's that's the that's the example that uh, Memphis brought up the other night. First of all, D, DK Metcalf, DK Metcalf has 20 pounds of muscle and is one of the freakiest athletes in the NFL strength wise, 
muscle-wise, Chase Claypool doesn't compare. Do you want me to – so we've gotten to the point where we're each making our own argument independently of each other and not responding to each other. So do you want me to – no, um, I don't think I don't think I am. I'm saying I'm saying. Well, you're not, you're not responding to the archetype argument. I I am by saying this is the type of okay. archetype you you bet on. Analytically, you bet on not athletic freaks who put up the who put up these numbers going into year two. Chase Claypool, okay. by the way, was a good bet to make. He didn't pan out, but at the time, he was a good bet to make, and that's all I'm saying about Watson. You can't say that that there's enough that there's equal evidence that he's a bad bet to make that he's a good bet to make. That's all I'm saying. I can say that. I just did, and I gave it to you. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Right. How, how, <laughs> how, how spicy is this? A parlay on Ayuk and Watson. So Ayuk is not spicy. That's a pepperoncini. Pepperoncini. That's how you say that yeah. properly, people. The Chase Claypool one is spicy to me. I've got to make it a tie. It's a tie chili, which is at the top end of the three-banger, right? So you're you're at the top end of hot, almost super hot with that one. Now, if you take the fact that they both hit and put them together, yeah, parlay. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a habanero. You know, it's a all right. It's a four star habanero. Let's do it. I'll do it. I mean, we just yelled at each other for twenty minutes, so it's <laughs> got to be spicy. Well, I knew it was going to be spicy for you, right? I yeah. knew it was going to be spicy for you. Part of part of why uh, I stopped the the, the Watson argument is because i'm starting to get fatigued with it i've I've been too many times at this point so i can only yell about it so much before i want to move on because i i made i make my points and i'd stand by them right and nobody's i don't feel that's counting i will admit i i have been up and down like he's still been in that tier of like wide receiver 19 to 30 for me it's just a matter of like he started like at the top then he went to the middle and now i got him back up at the top after looking into it more I will say you've stood by what you said about Watson the whole time. So right what's your what's your next bull prediction? All right, let's just do the Aaron Rodgers one. So he's gonna win the NFL NFL MVP straight oh up fire tour. He I'm is gonna, gonna shove it up. He is gonna shove it up Brian Brian ass. Now that I have the weapons I want, he's gonna make um and here's my second one. And you know what? Let's parlay it. He's going to make Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is going to be the NFL MVP and Garrett Wilson's going to be, what's the other one? Offensive player oh, of the year. Player of the year. Yeah. Yeah. They're both going to win those. And um, Garrett Wilson's also going to be the dynasty MVP. It, put it in the papers. It's done. So, okay. I mean, Great. I don't know how spicy that is after, I mean, after the way I broke up with him and we were really on the outs, I mean, kind of smitten with him again he got his he got his beard shaved and he's got like short hair now so i don't know like i said it's it's kind of it feels like a clean start with it yeah i just i, I just love it i love the way he's into it leading the offense i mean i, I kind of felt it anyway and then watching hard knocks and then watching garrett wilson on hard knocks oh my god he's just seems like a very intelligent guy that really really wants it and i just He's so good. They're both so good together. This could be better than, you know, Jordy Nelson or Devontae Adams. It really could be, like, the best pairing, like, the best hookup that that Aaron Rodgers ever had. I hope he stays there for two years at least. Um, my hatred for Aaron Rodgers, the person, is well known. Um, and... Here's 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 why it's. I think you made a good case for why for why it's 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 plausible because after all, bold predictions are bold predictions, but they're based on like if things broke one like really bad or really good for X player or whatever, this could happen. It's within the range of outcomes, right? It's not like you're saying Deion Jackson is going to be the NFL MVP, right? Um, <laughs> so. I think the reason why it couldn't happen and, and therefore its level of spice is A-Rod plays slow, right? Mm-hmm. And they 
know that they have a 39-year-old quarterback with a not-so-great offensive line and really one-and-a-half NFL wide receivers, if you count Garrett Wilson and Lazard. Question marks at tight end. It's I think it's going to be a little more defense and running the ball than we've seen Rodgers' teams before. And so I think – and that plus how slow he plays I think puts a cap on the types of things one would do to get the MVP. Now, the reason why, though, that I still think it, it could happen is because, let's face it, like this is a media award, right? And the story of Aaron Rodgers returning to competence – and glory on a new team and saying F you to the, the people are going to love that. Right. So I, I think the bar for him making the MVP would be lower than some other, some other players, right. Getting the votes. Right. So I'm going to say the level of spice on that is hold on, hold on before you give me yeah, your yeah, judgment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One last, one last argument for him. And that's um, yes, because you make, you make a good argument that, you know, play slow, good defense. However, he's going to do things to create statistics for himself because he's an asshole. He's done it in the past when he won the MVP. <laughs> it's it's one-yard touchdown passes when he could just hand it off or quarterback sneaks at the age of 38 so that he gets the touchdown and nobody else does. Trust me, you're going to see a lot of one- and two-yard touchdown passes out of Aaron Rodgers this year because he's a fucking asshole. Yeah, but I think that what adds the spice too is the is that you're also saying Garrett Wilson's going to be offensive player of the year, which yeah. is a is a is a tough lift. Like like when you look at the odds versus the field, right? Like there's so many other players that could plausibly win yeah. it. Uh, so really I'm going to put this parlay: chocolate habanero. We've got, that, we've got that at the top of the four the four peppers. 435,000 to 577,000 heat units. That is a chocolate habanero parlay. That's hotter than a red Savine, a fatality. That sounds pretty bad. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? (laughs) Right on. All right, I like it. I like it. Sounds like it would literally kill you. That knocked out two of mine, by the way, but I still have two left. Okay. But you're up. Okay, so do you what uh, I'm gonna give you? I had to do that one first to get it because I knew it was gonna take the longest. So I just wanted to get the, the Watson one out of the way. So right on. So now you get to took a lot of the fight out of me too. <laughs> do you want to? Well, we started early. We started at five thirty today. Uh, do you want to? Do you want a quarterback one? I have two running back ones, and I have a tight end one. Let's do the tight end one. That sounds that sounds fun. I have a lot of quarterbacks, so okay. At least three rookies.